0: I think I can sum up the show for you with one word,
1: nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting, Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis.
2: He's the whiz, and nobody beats him.
1: This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insider's Wrestling Network. And welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 93, presented by BDAradio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's your wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully, they said, we think you have something here. So here we are. My name is most certainly not Mike Crockett, I am not a longtime veteran uh, independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, and I am certainly not on an extended hiatus from the ring. Who I am is the irresistible force, the immovable object. I am the kingpin Brian Malonis, and no, I'm not flying solo. Joining me this week is not Mike Crockett. Lord knows where Mike Crockett is. Uh, I feel like he's, uh, I feel like he's ducking me. Last week, he banished me from the podcast, and this week... He's a no-show. So joining me is uh, a former veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. (laughs) He kind of is the irresistible force and the immovable object these days. Not quite the stature he once was. He is half of the commentary team for Chaotic Wrestling. He's a friend of the show. He's been on before. He's been on our WrestleMania summits and our Royal Rumble, Rumble summits. Julian Starr, welcome to the show. Hello. You got, you got you got big shoes to fill, buddy. Well, no, not really. I mean,
0: you guys are going to end up uh, drawing
1: more viewers once they find out that I've replaced Michael Crockett. <laughs> I would, I would certainly hope so. Mike Crockett uh, had some personal business to attend to. All seriousness, Michael Crockett had some personal business to attend to, but he mandated that I do all of his normal bits and his readings in this episode. So brace yourself for that. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm not too excited for it, but uh got to do what you got to do. Nobody is. <laughs> <laughs> you're all right, pal. You're going to sound like you're dying. Yeah, I've, I've been battling a cough for like a month here. It's not even like a cold at this point. It's just a it's just a cough and a tickle oh. uh, in my throat. It's been terrible. I think this is a story of everybody living in this region these days. Absolutely.
0: I'm going through it. My, my woman, Suzanne, is going through it. She's trying to get over the flu right now. Mine wasn't so bad, but every now and then I can hardly get uh, a word in just because I can't breathe. <laughs> so my chest feels like it's being crushed. I can't. I don't know if I can equate that to uh, a sickness or if I'm just really fat.
1: <laughs> a little column A, a little column B. <laughs> Crockett's going to kill me with all the editing he has to do here. It's going to be fantastic. With his coughing, I have the worst little tickle in my throat right now, but we'll trudge through it. We'll get through it. I'm playing injured. I'm always playing injured. I've been playing injured for 16 years. So
0: Well, you're a veteran.
1: You put in your time, oh Jesus, you put in your time,
0: you have to pay the price.
1: So Julian, uh, Crockett would normally be asking me about uh, you know, what I've been up to, how, why I missed last week, so I'll kind of have to steer the ship myself and talk about myself. Yeah, go for it. I like talking about myself. No way. <laughs> I would not get that uh, inclination. So, so last week... I missed the show is Mike Crockett and Brian Fury mm-hmm. and uh, the reason I missed the show as they talked about I was in Nashville Tennessee where were you in Nashville uh, Tennessee at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium of course okay what performing were we performing for Ring of Honor
0: oh alright how right. about
1: that huh? alright something uh, well Brian Fury would know a little about uh, performing in, in Nashville for Ring of Honor that's where Brian Fury's Top prospect, uh, I think semifinal and finals matches took place. Okay, I had no idea. Mike Crockett knows a little bit about performing for Ring of Honor. He got himself banished from there for botching a spot. Well, funny you say
0: that. I know a thing or two about performing for Ring of Honor. I, too, I believe, in some way, shape, or form, got banished for a little while because I did a backbreaker. Uh, and this was years ago. Backbreakers, I guess, were off limits. Didn't you bring like half your family to the show, too? Uh, that was okay. So, no, that one I that was the first time <laughs> that I got to uh, got a chance to work for Ring of Honor. And I believe uh, he works for WWE now. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Adam something. Adam Cole? Uh, No, maybe it wasn't Adam. I don't know. He's like one of the bookers for NXT. Anyway. Oh, Adam uh, Pierce. Adam Pierce. Thank you. He was the one booking at the time. And uh, I ended up not accounting for traffic, and I left Massachusetts at like 12 o'clock and expected to get in Philadelphia by like 6 because I was like, oh, it's only a five-hour drive. We'll leave at 12 and be there an hour early. Not accounting for tolls. Wait, what What time would what time the show start? Uh, show, I think, was starting at like 8, and I believe they wanted us... No, I, I had to have left at like 11 or something, because we had to be there by like 5 or whatever the case may be. Either way, long story short, uh, I ended up showing up an hour late, and so I originally was supposed to do some sort of job match there, and they told me they had nothing for me, and I had brought my whole family, my ex-girlfriend at the time... And we took that whole trip for nothing, but like a good Samaritan, I stuck around, I watched the whole show, and I helped take apart the ring. And my mom was absolutely pissed. <laughs> well, you should have showed up on time. Well, that's for, from this point forward, every time I see Fat Pants, he makes a, a joke about me showing up somewhere on time now, and that is literally from that day forward.
1: All right. Well, uh Julian last year uh I don't know if you're aware, we did something called the Uncivil War. Were you are you uh, are you aware of this?
0: I am not. I am I not.
1: destroyed a friend of the show, Mike Mills in a okay. head-to-head battle on North versus South wrestling. Okay. So this year, we mm-hmm. we're going to do Uncivil War 2. Well, all right. All Old right. school versus new school. All right. What well, are your thoughts on that? Uh well,
0: I don't know. It's weird because When I was a kid, I thought I was the biggest wrestling fan in the world, and I thought I knew everything, and then when I jumped into the wrestling world, I realized I knew nothing. So, um, I tried to watch Old South stuff, and I have no god-earthly idea how anyone sits through that stuff. The New Era is obviously a lot better than that, and I'm more of a 90s kid, so anything you know late 80s, early 90s, that kind of era. And then the Attitude Era, I'm all about. So I'm not going to know anything about it, but I'm going to tell you right now, I think the South stinks. I think old school wrestling stinks.
1: That's my stance too. At least (laughs) that's the one I got to argue.
0: It's it's (laughs) terrible. I mean, like, and you can say like the late 80s, early 90s, like they used to do job matches and stuff on Raw and stuff, but it was different. They had like fun characters and stuff. The old South, you literally just had... A bigger guy versus this guy who looked like he just, you know, walked outside in his underwear and they said, Hey, do you want to wrestle today? Like, it just, th- there was nothing to it. There was no, like, pizzazz. There was, it's just boring. And there were no characters that I could get behind. I mean, yeah, there were the Ric Flairs and the Dusty Roads and so on and so forth. But, like, eh, I mean, I could
1: do without it. Well, there you have it, Mike Mills. <laughs> Suck it, Julian Starr says. <laughs> So uh, one other uh, order of business here we should attend to before we start to get into really rolling with the show today is there's some changes coming up uh, on the New Age Insiders Network, and we'll let them kind of fill in the details this week. So definitely tune into the New Age Insiders this week, but some changes coming. So just want to give everybody fair warning that make sure if you love us, if you love the WPAN, and you want to keep listening to us, be sure to subscribe to our feed in addition to the New Age Insiders feed. There's been some, maybe some confusion over feeds and whatnot, and uh, we want to make sure all the fans of the WPAN uh, who who listen to us on the New Age Insiders Network also go on to our feed and subscribe there. Uh, And also, of course, you can always get us on the uh, WPAN.com. And all feed confusion once and for all. So today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, we're reviewing something. It's not the 2018 Royal Rumble. Not yet, at least. Every podcast is doing that. Monday morning, every podcast this week is going to review the 2018 Royal Rumble. So what we decided to do is go back in time. We got in our DeLorean. (laughs) Mike Crockett was murdered by some terrorists, just like Doc Brown. (laughs) (laughs) We survived. And we went back to 2005. The 2005 Royal Rumble We also have your promo about nothing and a whole lot more. But first, Festivus is not just a date on the calendar here at the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. It lives in our hearts every single day, 24-7, 365, as the kids say. So it's not just for December 23rd. It's a Festivus for the rest of us all year here at the WPAN. So for that reason, we're airing our grievances each and every week, and now you're going to hear about it. So Julian, yes, this is a this is a new tradition we've started here. Each okay. and every week we air our grievances. All right. what do you got for me? Let's 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 have it. Let me well, hear your grievance for the week.
0: <sighs> I guess my grievance for the week would be the 25th anniversary of Monday Night Raw. I was a little disappointed by it. I'm not happy about it. I feel like they should have done more in the Manhattan Center. I feel like there should have been more surprises. Uh, Different names from different eras, from different times of, you know, the history of Raw. I mean, there were great cameos and stuff, but I mean, there's still guys out there that, you know, are in-ring performers that could probably stop in, say hello, show a match or two, just show some more nostalgic feel, but just a cameo where you know someone's jumping on TV to do a laugh or play cards or whatever. It was cool, but it was meh. I really expected more, especially with the build-up and them booking the Manhattan Center, so I guess my grievance is, is I'm really disappointed in WWE's effort in the 25th anniversary of Raw.
1: Well, there you, there you have it. And I, uh, I refrain these days from certain subjects, uh, but I will say I thought it was interesting that uh, Heath Slater and Rhino had the most airtime on Raw's 25th anniversary.
0: Legitimately. Legitimately was the weirdest thing in the world is that those two were on TV the most. And you would think that they're trying to get Heath Slater over, but they're not. That's just a waste of time and a waste of talent. And I don't know. It was just, I'm not a big advocate.
1: All right, so there you have it. Julian Starr hated Raw 25.
0: Not hated,
1: (laughs) but it was just meh. So my grievance here is for somebody who's not here this week. Okay. Julian. Okay. And that's Mike Crockett. This is the second time Mike Crockett's already been my grievance. We've done it three times. I've done it three times. He's been my grievance twice.
0: That sounds like the rest of the group.
1: So we, we like to peel back the curtain here at the WPAN from time to time. So Michael Crockett two weeks ago decided to run me through the uh, the news gauntlet, okay. and I like to aggravate Mike. No way. Yes. Okay. But we talked about it. I'm refraining from talking about certain subjects in 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 pro wrestling these days, which is understood. Yes. And but but we had talked about it as a little fun game we could play. Me not commenting on on other companies uh, too in depth. Okay. Uh, besides Ring of Honor. And this week, this is something we discussed about. We called it in the back, Mm -hmm. as they say. And this past week with Brian Fury, Crockett decides to run Brian Fury through this very same news gauntlet, Uh and they proceed to bury me together for almost like calling me a baby for not wanting to comment on, on other companies. Now, this was a called bit on this show that Michael then turned around and buried me when I had my back turned. So, Mike Crockett, that's why I'm airing my grievance to you. Again, Fury's had a little taste of it. Crockett never has. They don't know what it's like to be a bona fide professional wrestling television star like the Kingpin Brian Malone.
0: I 100% agree with you. And, uh, I mean, POSs, bunch of POSs for for putting you through that. I mean, honestly, it's a cheap move. I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand why they're trying to jump down your throat. Uh, You're trying to do what's best for you. And what's best for you is, you know,
1: well, I'm also trying to make face. the damn podcast entertaining. Too. Exactly. But Crockett wants to bury me when I get my back turned. So Crockett, I'm going to return the favor and bury you on this podcast and expose you as the fraud you are. <laughs> a- and you cheated Brian Fury on a game. Brian Fury, welcome to my world with Crockett cheating. So there there you go. Uh, so want to take a minute here, plug our social media, okay. all our social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at the WPAN. Look for it, find it, subscribe to it, follow us, tweet us. You know the drill. I don't have to go through all this. We want your feedback. You know, you want to hear from me? Tweet at me. Otherwise, I'm just going to bitch about football on my Twitter. <laughs> and if you say anything negative about the Pittsburgh Steelers, you will be blocked. I only did that once. Okay. <laughs> We also want to hear from you in voicemail. we got a voicemail, Julian. I don't know if you know that. So get your voicemails in, and we'll play them on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And Julian, believe it or not, we have a voicemail. Oh, I'd love to listen to it. So I'm going to fire this up here. Is it R.J. DeLuise? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't believe it's R.J. DeLuise, but let's see. Okay. Hey, guys. Randall Keough at
0: Randall Keough on Twitter. I just wanted to say that Congratulations to Warby Hansen on making it to NXT. Congratulations to Prime Malonis making it on ROH TV. I just want to say for Uncivil War II, how are you guys gonna? There's a few factors that you guys gonna add in the fact that there was no internet during old school, and the fact that, in just for inflation, some of those old school houses really drew tons of money, especially in the South. So, uh, but I can't wait to hear it.
1: Go, Mike Mills. But have a good one, guys. See you around. Bye. Huh. That's interesting. So, Randall congratulates my good friend Todd, mm-hmm. congratulates myself, Yep. and then proceeds to say, Go Mike Mills.
0: <sighs> okay. I, I'm going to go and touch upon quickly the topic he just said, but there was no internet back then. It's fine. I get it. Like, there was no internet back then, so, yeah, certain people can get over nowadays easier than back then. However... Take it into perspective this, the internet isn't helping everyone because we've seen multiple people come from the internet, okay, who get over with the internet and then they go over to the big companies and flatline. And that's not to say that they're terrible or anything. It's just maybe some people are just good in that area. So just because people got really over and they drew these great houses down south doesn't mean that they were this spectacular you know, show or these spectacular workers. And again, I'm not taking anything away from anyone, but maybe they were just good in their area maybe if you pulled them out and stuck them in other areas probably wouldn't draw so well
1: well that, and and that's i mean that's a part of it too it's it's regional appeal versus International appeal, yeah. You know, is is a team like the Rock and Roll Express? who are very popular in the South. Are they going to appeal to people in New York City, people in California, people in Japan, exactly? People in India, yeah. people in in, in England. Mm-hmm. Are, they, are they gonna Are they gonna connect and, and uh, make a connection with those with those fans? So there's that, Randall. Also, too, back in those days, people just watched wrestling to enjoy it. They didn't watch wrestling and television shows to critique it and talk about who they thought should have gone over. So keep that in mind as well yeah <laughs>
0: it's like it's like uh wrestling's now become just like every other you know sport or entertainment event out there is if you watch mma people when they're watching ufc and stuff i sit with them and again i do jiu i don't know much about stand-up and i'm still learning a lot about jiu-jitsu but i would say at this point i would probably know more than most but i can sit with people who have literally never been to a gym let alone know a guy named jim uh, oh, boy <laughs> I've I've sat with people Who watch these events And then they're talking Like pros Like I would just Jump in there And start throwing punches Or I would totally Just you know Crank his neck and, And you just You don't know You know what I mean So people act Like they're They're Pros now and they know everything. Monday about morning wrestling. quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They know everything about you know the NFL. They know everything about the.
1: Yeah, it's the not in wrestling. It, yeah, it, wrestling fans and all the wrestling stuff gets a bad rap. It's not just wrestling. It's it's football. It's mm-hmm. television shows. It's The Walking Dead. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know everything. Every it, it, it just because every moron has an instant you know connection to the world where they can just put their thoughts out without filter instantaneously and they do it on everything. Yep. So
0: and the world has been created uh, in a form. That now your opinion matters. Your opinion matters to some, but not all. And the world has become so sensitive now because of this situation. I'm not going to get into that. It's another whole conversation, but <laughs> I'll ramble about that all day. If yeah, I... let's,
1: let's get to the what we're here for today, Julian. Meat and taters, <laughs> and that is the 2005 Royal Rumble coming from Fresno, California.
0: It was uh, it was an event. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah look now looking at it initially now now I think our fans know the deal you know the deal when we watch something old it's usually to well we try to get Tarzan Taylor on but he's the hardest guy in the world to schedule he gets in trouble <laughs> <laughs> he's you know, a busy guy I, I gotta tell you Tarzan Taylor's probably never gonna be heard on these airwaves again uh, I, I'm not banning him he's just impossible to schedule so. you're banned I'm not, I'm not begging anybody to come on this podcast I love Tarzan he is so entertaining really I'm not is. begging him to come on this podcast we've asked uh, peeling back the curtain me and Mike Crockett have asked at least half a dozen times at this point the guy is just too busy Can appreciate it good luck to him <laughs> love to have him on sometime but I'm done asking it's over to be uh, fair... Tarzan hates wrestling, probably not to return I, I, to the WPA
0: I don't know. To be fair to Tarzan, because I do work with him. I talked to him about, like, because he was kind of confused, and and, and you're going to love this, because we can get to bury Michael Crockett. Oh, boy. Um. So he was told me, like, two weeks ago or whatever, it was like around the time chaotic was either running Lowell or the last Woburn show, either way, he had talked to Crockett, and he told him... Um, that we want to do the podcast with you. And so he was like, okay. And Tarzan kept telling me that he was texting Michael Crockett and asking him, when are we doing this? What day do you want to do this? And Crockett would not say a word. So I remember seeing Crockett. Oh, I didn't get
1: this piece of the story. Yeah, yeah. And Interesting. So, yeah, so I literally
0: talked to Michael one day. I think it was, again, at the Lowell. I can't remember which show. And I said, hey, uh, are you doing the podcast tomorrow with Tarzan? Because it was a Friday show, and it was a Saturday coming. And I said, Tarzan said you guys are doing a podcast tomorrow. Is that correct? And he said, "I don't know what you're even talking about." And literally, Tarzan that Friday had said he was doing the podcast Saturday. He thinks he's just waiting for a response from Michael Crockett. Interesting.
1: Uh-huh. I didn't. I wasn't aware of this.
0: Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, uh, we can't put the full blame so, on. So Tarzan. between
1: my bumbling partner and Tarzan's busy schedule, again, it's probably going to result in the in the very in the very same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the long run, I mean, you and I have both. Uh, you and I both have. I'm sorry, I'm a little lost right now.
1: <laughs> oh, why are you just sharing at uh, victorious? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. The, the WWE Network automatically rolls into the next, whatever the next pay per view is of that, whatever year. Whatever. So now it's the 2006 uh, Royal Rumble, and Julian's very distracted uh, by the, <laughs> some of the ladies on the screen. So let's get into this. Yeah, though. yes, please. Let's, let's get into the meat and potatoes. This Crockett's gonna kind of have a field day chopping this up. <laughs> <laughs> so right off the bat, looking at this card. You see Edge HBK and you're thinking like, well, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a barn burner. This is gonna be something special. We were surprised it was the opening contest. Yeah,
0: I really expected that match to come out like guns blazing. Like I was like, all right, these two quick guys. You know, one's just super experienced and but you know the best in the world right now. And then the other guy's upcoming star, really good. Like you expected these guys to tear the house down, get the crowd fired up, and uh, well. It was weird. Yes, it was. It was extremely weird. Like,
1: it was weird. Like, the the chemistry of the match between the two guys was uh, strange. Beyond off. It was slower paced. It was something different than what we were. Not to say it was a bad match. It was not a bad match by any far stretch of the imagination. It's just when you see those two guys' names on the marquee, you're like, wow, all right. it just your your eyes pop out of your head like, you know, that that's going to be just an outstanding match. Mm -hmm. But, yeah.
0: It was so weird. Like... Both guys, like you said, you see them on the marquee, you're like, wow, this match is going to be great. You see them in the opener. You think to yourself, like, in the opener, these guys are going to try and tear it down, liven us up. And then the match starts, and I'm not, like, what was it, like, five minutes in? And they were both, like...
1: Yeah, it was like it was like, it was like they were 20 minutes in. Yeah, they were both, like,
0: like, acting exhausted and just beat down. And it was like they have been wrestling, like, the main event for 20, 30 minutes, and... It was just, it was just weird, and there was no like real chemistry, and there was no like
1: I, even the uh, even the finish was a little was a little strange too. Yeah, it, it was, it was a, like it was a O'Connor roll and O'Connor roll reversal. Yep. Edge holding on to the ropes. HBK is kind of under the rope. The referee looks like he can he can blatantly see what's going on there. Yeah, just uh, yeah, just a weird. Just a weird match.
0: Really Just weird a match. Weird
1: match. Not what I, what I would have uh, expected. And those guys did go on to have outstanding matches. There's a there's a match in particular, I think might have been the blow off of that feud, which was, it's like a no holds barred match with uh, Edge and, and HBK on Monday Night Raw. I don't know the exact date, but it's got to be from around this time frame. But So from there, we go to a very entertaining, I will say, Ric Flair, Eddie Guerrero <laughs> um, vignette yep. where they're drawing their numbers. Flair gets one he's very happy with. Mm -hmm. Guerrero gets one he's not so happy with. Guerrero, congratulations, gives him a hug. And then Flair all of a sudden is showing off his number, and the realization comes that Eddie Guerrero pulled uh, pulled a fast one on him and stole his number. Very entertaining. Another one of those things you see, and you're like... Really makes you miss Eddie Guerrero and and uh, Eddie that was Eddie Guerrero's last Royal Rumble. As we watch this, you're mm-hmm. seeing t-shirt 2006. You're seeing t-shirts of, you know, from from Eddie passing. So Eddie passed in 2005. Very sad when you think about it. But you see stuff like that and you realize how good he was, how entertaining he was, and how there was nobody nobody quite like him out there. Uh, but so good stuff out of uh, out of Eddie Guerrero and Ric Flair, uh, which then segues into. Some very um, heavy breathing. Oh, shall shall we say?
0: I literally forgot about that until you just said heavy breathing. Like I don't understand what was going on. So this was like a weird segment in the back between Heidenreich and Gene Snitsky, Todd's favorite wrestler.
1: Let's see if we we can mimic it. (laughs) I like you, John.
0: I like you, too.
1: <sighs> and that's about it. But I hate caskets. Yes, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so the, the whole idea of this promo was literally to get over the fact that Heidenreich hates caskets, but they really like each other.
1: And the set up uh, also. So now we're going into a, we should mention, this is segueing into Heidenreich versus The Undertaker in a casket match. And... All of this is done for. Let's. I mean, uh, I'm not going to go into great detail on the yeah. Heidreich for Undertaker match. It was not good. It stunk. At the <laughs> beginning, they're doing like catch-us-catch-can style wrestling, <laughs> headlocks and takedowns and yeah. just, just a weirdness from a heated feud that's in a casket match situation, uh, but all of it was for the purpose of Gene Snitsky just coming out and the reveal that Kane had been laying in the casket the entire time so you get to see the Brothers of Destruction reuniting, fighting off Snitsky and Heidenreich. Ultimately, the Undertaker beats Heidenreich, stuffs him in a casket, and the look on the Undertaker's face was what afterwards, Julian?
0: Absolute happiness? <laughs>
1: um, I wasn't thinking that, no. Oh, okay. I would describe it as something different. Uh, uh, utter frustration and disappointment. <laughs> To be nice, yeah, yeah. I think definitely some frustration <laughs> on the face of, uh, yeah. Heidenreich, uh, Heidenreich too was gone. Uh, I think by just about this point here, uh, to, or like a but, you know year again, we're in the background here. Yeah, we, it's a 2006 Rumble on. I'm pretty sure Heidenreich was was gone uh, by that point. Um, not a long run. He looked like a million bucks. Yes, he, he had he Kind of an interesting character, but mm-hmm. just couldn't couldn't deliver in the ring
0: tonight. he uh he borrowed brian fury's old gear
1: yes he did red red from head to toe
0: <laughs> red from head to toe with the ama pads and the, the low cut boots but uh yeah heidenreich oh there's a lot of mma gloves in that match too
1: there, there sure was and i'm not quite sure why heidenreich had them
0: <laughs> well did you see those uh one two punches he was throwing
1: yes yeah, very short uh one two punches uh very good punching if you're, you know, wrestling, maybe fighting MMA style, <laughs> but uh, for the purposes of pro wrestling, uh, I'm not so sure yeah. that's, uh, you know, that's what you want to be doing. Yeah, no. Uh, so let's get away from that match, because that match stunk. It was good. Uh, another fun, <laughs> fun backstage segment. These are all these backstage segments are around the picking of the numbers, and we get a fun little rap battle between Christian and John Cena. This is Word Life uh, John Cena. And and I, I forget how like edgy and like and for 2005 I mean really edgy stuff 2005 is a weird yep sort of era it's yep. it's it's I, I mean I, I don't I don't even know what you kind of define it as it's 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 weird it's the it's the era this is when literally when Cena and Batista are ascending to main event status Mm -hmm. the year before Guerrero and Benoit left WrestleMania as the champions. They've already kind of transitioned away from those guys being the top guys and getting back to your more traditional WWE style looking guys uh, back on top. 2005 is a weird, weird time in WWE. As as some of the names we'll talk about uh, coming up here, you'll you'll see. But again, a fun a fun rap battle between Christian and, and Cena. Yeah, I forgot again. I forgot how edgy Cena would get with some of his. Sexual references yeah, and whatnot I was, in this rap.
0: I was just gonna say, like, and just like you said, like this. Is, I don't know how long this lasted because my memory is horrendous. But like you said, it was such a weird time because of transitions, and then like just their idea of humor or whatever. Everything was so edgy. Like some of the comments, like the comment Triple H made to Eddie Guerrero. It was subtle,
1: but yeah, there was there were you know what not I mean, so subtle. Uh, but That's like things I don't even want to get into yeah, here. On but this yeah. Part. Yet. Yeah,
0: but and like you said, like it's weird how edgy you know John Cena's raps were, and it's just like, but overall, it was a very entertaining segment there, and uh, you know, Captain Charisma is probably uh, the most underrated wrestler I'd say in WWE. I'm a, b- I'm
1: a big fan of Captain. I am Charisma. too, honestly, especially in the uh, in in those types of situations, the vignettes, the promos, always very uh you know very entertaining uh but that segued us into a triple threat match
0: by the way did you know that i gambled once with uh christian you did i did we were playing roulette it was in mohegan interesting me michael crockett tony omega was was there at that tv yeah yeah we decided to just go play roulette i didn't realize you were there
1: yeah yeah I would have never guessed we went to TV together. I have no recollection of that. You... All I remember is being super miserable. So... That day. <laughs>
0: okay, so that you... was
1: the last TV I ever did. Was it? Yeah. That, I was...
0: was that the one that we had the giant group? Yeah, there was, was like fifteen of us. They, they had
1: me and uh, me and Hanson wrestle in yeah. the afternoon. They made us take our shirts off. Yeah. There was those two horrible guys that had tryouts. Yeah. That got. You know, triple h came down to watch them wrestle and you know we all got treated like jackasses <laughs> and uh yeah i was miserable i didn't even want to be at that tv i hear you i, I didn't tan I didn't, <laughs> yeah you, you were know. just like i just want to get this over yeah, and get paid just give me my give me my 250 <laughs> and let me go home please all for right the love of god
0: let's get to that but, yeah any,
1: anyways <laughs> uh jbl versus kurt angle versus the big show for the wwe championship jbl is the champion here he comes out with the whole limo entrance. He mm-hmm. has the cabinet wasn't with him when he when he first came out, but yeah. they, they played a role later in the match. What do you think of JBL in this in this era?
0: JBL, it's so weird because I was such a big fan of APA JBL, like you know acolyte JBL, whatever. I was a big fan of you know the kick-ass JBL. Whereas like then he became this pompous, rich stockbroker type tycoon and i didn't i wasn't a big fan his promos were fine i just wasn't a big fan of jbl and like there was nothing literally nothing he could do to win me over when i used to watch him when i was younger i appreciate him more now like anything else but at the time uh, he was boring to me i mean even now uh i watching him like just watching that match eh. I'd rather him be just—he's a—he's a kick-ass guy. Like I'd rather him be a cool kick-ass guy than some roller coaster tycoon.
1: The funny thing is probably all three of the guys in this match. He's the one probably closest to his peak in, yeah. the, in this match because Kurt Angle is—is is I think probably on the downward slope with mm-hmm. WWE. This is all building up with him going to WrestleMania 21 to wrestle Shawn Michaels, but heading towards the end of uh, of his run with WWE. Big Show is very heavy in this match very 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 heavy
0: human thumb (laughs) (laughs)
1: legit looks like a walking thumb human thumb (laughs) um Classic triple threat match. Yeah. They took out the Big Show early with a big shot to the head. Mm-hmm. They, they stacked up the steps, like, next to the announce table. Yeah. Big Show got on them like he was going to put Bradshaw through the table. Angle came up, hit him in the nuts, hit him in the face with a monitor, mm-hmm. and Big Show took a bump through the table, eliminating him. JBL and Angle had some back and forth there To the Big Show came back. Ultimately, they did a big spot by the, by the barricades where – Big Show speared JBL (laughs) through the barricade. They love that spot in this era. Um, It's their favorite. JBL's out. They're pretending to do a stretcher job. Uh, The cabinet's out. The Basham brothers. Orlando Jordan's out. Angle is going back and forth with the Big Show. Uh, Big Show ends up taking out Kurt Angle. But then the big show is distracted by, I believe, the Basham brothers. Yeah. And then JBL sneaks in with the big clothesline from hell for the win. JBL retains. Of course, he goes on here to WrestleMania 21 to defend and ultimately lose to John Cena. Mm-hmm. I also forgot to mention, we did see some of our friends in the opening video package. I believe yes. it was in the hiding right match. It though. was. Uh, and, and, and I feel bad. Going back and mentioning it now, but we did see our some of our friends. So go back and watch the video package for uh, the Heidenreich match, and you'll see some old friends from Chaotic Wrestling, including Warbeard Hanson, uh, mm-hmm. in that video. And that brings us to the World Heavyweight Championship match between Triple H and Randy Orton.
0: Oh man, I'm, I'm not
1: uh, <laughs> now. Th- this was this was pre WrestleMania 21. These two guys are are fighting, and then. I mean, they most recently feuded at WrestleMania 25. They rejoined with Evolution at WrestleMania 30. Yep. Wow, has their connection been going on for a very long time.
0: Yes, and like, well, I'm going to first mention the one thing that uh, Tarzan Taylor's big on is how great did Randy Orton look? I mean, like just thick, like looked like a man. Like the wellness policy really he, he, screwed over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was a beast. Yeah, the the physiques on this pay per view were noticeably different than just a few years a few years later. Yeah, um, it's night and day. It's literally yeah. night and day. Yeah, I mean, and, and and you know, it's I think aesthetically, obviously, it's uh, you know, maybe not as pleasing to the eye to see guys weigh thirty, forty, fifty pounds lighter, but. Uh, I think nobody would argue the the benefits of the wellness policy in WWE, yeah. which is kind of a direct result of Eddie Guerrero's passing. Yeah. So I mean, ultimately, it's it's a good thing. But the physiques on this pay per view are night and day compared <laughs> compared to most guys now. Literally.
0: But uh, as far as the match goes, oh man, I'm, and this is no shot. I just personal opinion most of triple h's matches can be pretty boring. And I think it's just because of uh, and we talked about earlier where you and I before we started this is like his 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 heats are just so methodical and just so slow and it just it really takes the wind out of your sails and it's it's hard to stay entertained. I was like my eyes were legitimately dropping during that match,
1: yeah, this match this match legitimately dragged. yeah, um, you know the the, the match dragged. Uh, ultimately, Triple H gets the win. Yeah, retains the title. Of course, he's going to go on. Spoiler alert: to wrestle wrestle Batista mm-hmm. at WrestleMania 21. But yeah, not not my favorite match. Um, but hey, it was a match. It <laughs> yeah. was on this pay per view, so we talked about it briefly. I think we I think we've done it justice. It, it was not the most memorable match, and. As evidenced by the fact we're talking about it here, like an hour or so later, and yeah. and it's already kind of forgettable to us. It so, really is. Again, not a bad match, just maybe not the most memorable match of all time. Yeah, the
0: pay per view so far, as of right now, is a little lackluster.
1: Oh, that, and that's exactly the way. It's not. It's not horrendous, you know, but it's not. It's not great, uh, and it's. It's. It drags and is a little bit boring. Yeah. So that brings us to the the namesake match, the match that we all love, the match that we're here for. The Royal Rumble.
0: I love the Royal Rumble. It's literally my favorite pay-per-view. Like, my number one favorite pay-per-view. WrestleMania comes second. I don't really have a third. So, I'd say, like, my top two are Royal Rumble first, then WrestleMania. So, even just watching 2005, because I never really got to watch these Royal Rumbles as a kid, and I'm too lazy to go back and watch them now because I'm a video game nerd, so I'd rather play those. But, watching these Royal Rumbles now, even now, like, I still get you know, excited just watching them because I didn't get to watch them as a kid, so...
1: Well, there you go. This was your first time seeing this Royal Rumble pay-per-view? Yes, it was. Wow. Yes, it was. I'm sorry, buddy. That's okay. You probably would have enjoyed it a lot more when you were a kid. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely, when I knew nothing.
1: (laughs) 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 So, So they start out with the two guys who left the WrestleMania the previous year, WrestleMania 20, as the two champions of the company, Guerrero and Benoit, and that's a nice eye-popping start. They're going at it pretty hard. Oh, yeah. But out comes, well, this is one of the most memorable things now, out comes young <laughs> Daniel Pewter.
0: Daniel Pewter, a former MMA fighter uh, turned hit
1: dummy. Tough, yeah, <laughs> tough enough for he He, he won the Million Dollar Tough Enough contest uh, and maybe had a reputation for uh, maybe, maybe being... Cocky, or maybe not a great attitude. Uh, so he comes out, uh, he cuts a promo, and then these two stop, watch his promo, and proceed to start chopping the shit out of him. L- like lighting him up. And just
0: <laughs> no <laughs> relentless nature. Like, holy SHIT.
1: It's okay. You can say it. <laughs> okay. All right. So then you think, you think that's bad. Outcomes number four. <laughs> notorious from tough enough being tough on young guys hardcore holly who gets him in the corner and just chops the shit out of him picks him up again chops the shit out of him picks him up again chops you're literally watching a bullying session going on in the the ring here to the
0: point where they were like holding him and like just conversing between the, each other like who can be the loudest
1: yeah yeah the three of them not even trying to like put on a show as far as like hey we're all in this thing to try to win this yeah. rumble they just beat on this rookie holy smokes daniel p i think even jim ross maybe uh, talked about daniel pewter's chest yeah. they did no other real maneuvers to him other than just chop the yep. shit out of him i think they there might have been a german suplex and like the three amigos suplexes yeah. in there at one point there but- was
0: a oh there was that great uh belly to back suplex yeah that he almost almost killed almost him.
1: dumped on his head that's right, <laughs> uh, but they unceremoniously dump him pretty quick after that. I believe when edge came home that I they Alabama just... slam oh, he that's took... right, the Alabama slam oh. where hardcore Holly bounced his head off the mat. he would have had no shot to protect himself. I have taken that actual move from Me... hardcore Holly,
0: oh, I've never taken it from him, but I've taken it. It actually took it from Scott Reed, unsafe, eh uh i was gonna call him a prick but i I just didn't want to be mean but yeah he dumped me right on my head i just remember seeing stars it was the one and only time i'd ever felt rocked
1: yeah no i took that from from hardcore holly but yeah he uh poor daniel pewter that situation there that scene there was uh really uh pretty indicative of his entire wwe run yeah beating the shit out of an unceremoniously dumped so goodbye daniel pewter they (laughs) might as well have written the release uh Statement there. Wish him well in his future yeah, endeavors. Yeah. So Edge is in now, and mm-hmm. there's something here that made us just giggle, and that was the weird drop kick that Edge <laughs> gave, gave Guerrero. He's like, Guerrero's like sitting down in the corner, and and you can tell like maybe Edge had the the drop kick in mind, but maybe didn't didn't realize. Maybe Guerrero didn't know it was coming. Yeah. So he sort of holds up, and it's like this weird, unathletic like. Pic- basement style <laughs> drop kick that, but not quite
0: yeah picture like so edge is just coming in so he's house of fire and he, you know he's lighting everyone up and then he sees Eddie Guerrero in the corner and then Eddie Guerrero is like coming up to his knee so i think he's thinking like by the time he gets up i'll be able to throw my drop kick and he realized Eddie Guerrero's not moving so he just picture literally standing up straight and then just falling to your bum but wiggling your feet at someone's face <laughs> like that's what his drop kick looked like <laughs>
1: It was it was something. It was so, weird. The ring starts to fill up now, mm-hmm. and I, I got a little note here that I wrote myself, and that was how the fuck did WCW fail? <laughs> I don't know because because in the ring at one time you got Chris Jericho, yep, Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. Chris Benoit if he didn't murder his family, <laughs> Hall of Famer. <laughs> Good
0: thing Michael Crockett's not
1: here because that would It'd have made very, him so uncomfortable. He'd be very uncomfortable. Eddie Guerrero, Hall of Famer, yep. Booker T, Hall of Famer. Yep. Rey Mysterio, Hall- future Hall of Famer. Yep. So just those five guys right there who are all in the ring at the same time in this Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. that's a pretty solid start to your company, right? Literally, and the one WWE guy was Edge. Yeah, that, that that's like... That's a really good start to your if you were you were starting a pro wrestling company. Yeah. And you had those five guys to build around. Like, and
0: then you still had people like Ric Flair and and you know, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and all you had the Hulk Hogan at the time. Like how did you guys fail?
1: It it just shows the obvious the obvious ineptness of the infrastructure of that yeah. of that particular company. But I just it just struck me as weird. All those guys are all in the ring at the same time and just you can't help but think of like, man, what could have been if they they had any sort of anybody who could have managed that company uh, and and realized the talent that they that they had there. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these guys were really undercard guys, with the exception of Benoit and Booker T, yep. um, who ascended to main event status there. But and even then, at Benoit and Booker T, it was too little, too late at that point. By yeah. the time they realized what they had on their hands with with those two guys, mm-hmm. but just yeah one of to point that out so so next uh the next thing that stuck out to me i'd forgotten muhammad hassan oh man poor muhammad yeah. hassan he looked great He looked amazing
0: i didn't remember him ever looking that good he got the shaft
1: from, yeah, from wwe they booked that awful terrorist angle with him and then ultimately end up releasing him because of all the all the heat that they had on them because of it but there was this awkward spot now with Muhammad Hassan. Everybody stops when he starts to come into the ring. Mm-hmm. He he gets in the middle of the ring. He you know makes a gestures to the heavens above. It's a lie. And uh, the entire ring beats the hell out of him.
0: Yeah, and that literally just it, feels like a hate crime.
1: Yeah, it's something that <laughs> does not like. 13 years later, does not hold up well. No, it does not. Uh, Does not hold up well at all. Just the entire booking of Muhammad Hassan. They legitimately booked him as a terrorist. Yeah. And we're playing off of the the conflicts in in the Middle East and Mm -hmm. and terroristic actions around the world. and Everything we were uh, dealing with at that time. It's one of those things that just does not age well at all. 13 years later, if WWE did that, they'd probably get thrown off of TV at this point. So pretty quickly after that... Rene Dupree comes down the aisle with Fifi, (laughs) and I wrote down this quote. No, not from the commentators, Okay, but from you, Julian Starr. Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) I already know what you're going to (laughs) say. Julian
1: Starr, when he sees Rene Dupree, and I quote, Look at that ass. (laughs) Okay. All right. In my yeah, defense, yeah, yeah. explain yourself. I mean, okay. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> yes, it's,
0: it's 2018. This is socially acceptable.
1: Look, it's I was just blown but away. You're, but your, but your girlfriend, yes, ...who's very lovely. Yes, she is. Was canoodling with you on on the couch there. Yes, she was. And you felt the need to comment on Rene Dupree's <laughs> ass. <laughs> yes, uh, my
0: girlfriend is very beautiful, but. Rene Dupree's ass was ridiculous. Hey, hey,
1: like try to try to get laid on your own time. <laughs> uh, it,
0: his ass was. I'm sorry, guys, but it, just go back and look at his it. His ass it, was majestic. It's right? huge. Like it's just well formed. It's bubbly. I've just. i never seen a guy's <laughs> rear end like that. It was just when he, every move he made, every like every time he was running, it was just. I don't know if he. If he was a transvestite,
1: I'd fall for it. Good God! <laughs> Good God! All right, I think that's what we're that's what we'll <laughs> cut the uh, the Rene Dupree talk. Um. Of course, Kurt Angle comes down shortly thereafter. Poor Nunzio. Kurt Angle stole yeah. his spot in the Rumble. Uh, pretty quickly, HBK eliminates Kurt Angle. And we talked about it. This is setting up the big Kurt Angle-HBK match from WrestleMania 21 yep. that was absolutely outstanding. Of course, Angle comes back and, and eliminates HBK a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in between that, I, I got another... I got another F-word here coming up. Oh, boy. Why the fuck is the coach in the Rumble?
0: I don't know. I don't know. And there was never once an angle. I mean, maybe there was on the Raw before then or whatever the case may be, but there was never like an actual angle on the pay-per-view either explaining or touching upon or reminding people as to
1: why coach is going to be in it. He's just in it. There was yeah, no explanation whatsoever. Coach is just... In the rumble. It's a, so. it's literally like someone
0: like Nunzio could be in the rumble in that place. Would Nunzio be any better? No. But he's probably wet, well he's definitely well more deserving than coach.
1: Couldn't agree more. But let's go back to Rene Dupree for a second here the
0: french tickler oh yeah i forgot about that
1: (laughs) i used to love that dance when i was younger i used to do that dance all
0: the time just because i don't know i thought it was cool
1: and julian was very disappointed that he was facing the hard camera when he was doing the french tickler so he couldn't get one more look at that ass (laughs) before he got eliminated immediately after the french tickler very sorry i'm
0: telling you right now watch his entrance on that rumble look at his ass and tell me you are not impressed (laughs)
1: <laughs> Tweet Julian Starr about <laughs> Rene Dupree's ass and make sure you. I don't know if Rene Dupree's on Twitter. I'm assuming he is. He's still semi active in pro wrestling. So tag Rene Dupree and tell him that Julian Starr uh, thinks he has a fantastic ass.
0: Yes, and remind him I am straight. And again, there's nothing wrong with going the other way. I just. I appreciate
1: good work. <laughs> so the next note I have here is seen at number 25. Huge reaction. Huge. So it's funny. (laughs) it's, (laughs) It's funny to see, you know, now, you know, some 13 years later. Um, and I think the booing of Cena is, is a little tongue-in-cheek yeah. um, at this point in time. But just to see you know his ascension on the way up and uh, to see somebody just organically get over, wasn't shoved down anybody's throat, yep. just naturally happened. He was a guy who wasn't supposed to, to get to where he's gotten to. He wasn't a chosen one. Mm-hmm. He was just a guy who went out and, and had this – and, and just so different than anybody else at the, on the roster at that time. Yep. So just – dressed different looked different talked different mm-hmm. acted different it was it was uh he was the right guy at the right time yeah uh, and everything he did was really good at this point and so it was really fun to kind of see here you know a big point in the ascension of of john cena to the top uh shortly thereafter paul london almost dies yes he does i've
0: only <laughs> knew about that clip because and like i said this was my first time seeing the rumble but i only knew about that elimination because i had seen like a gif or some sort of weird video about it but Yeah, he takes, like, Gene Snitsky tries to eliminate him, uh, misses the first clothesline, but then comes back with another. Uh, I'm sure many have seen this clip online, but Paul London takes a clothesline high on top of his head and tries to do a shooting star bump to the outside, forgets to look backwards, so he still has his chin tucked and almost, like, dumps himself directly on his neck.
1: Yeah, and I don't know how badly he was hurt, but they stretchered him out. But I I don't know if... Again, I don't know if he was seriously, you know, injured or if they had planned that all along, or uh, not. Not the obviously the danger of the bump, but just you know, was he supposed to take a bad bump and get stretched out? I don't know, but scary, scary stuff there. Yeah, it was not fun to watch. And that brings us to number twenty eight, the animal, <laughs> Batista, Bootista. Good God, is he enormous? <laughs>
0: was it Bootista or <laughs> Bootista?
1: No, this, this was, was Bout- Batista, who the crowd absolutely loved at yes, this I point did. he was enormous to yeah. just holy he- Monster, vascular. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Yes. Uh, but the crowd just erupts. Yeah, uh, you know, for for Batista, and again, another guy. It's fun to see here on the, on the way up, and seeing Cena's and his reactions. Criticize all you want about their work compared to Guerrero and mm-hmm. Benoit, but it's about putting butts in seats and looking at the reaction that those two guys received. There's, it should be quite obvious to every person exactly why those guys were were put on top and in the spots they are, and. Uh, as Batista comes out, I, I happen to notice something, Julian. Why the fuck is Coach still in there? <laughs> I don't
0: know. Literally, he outlasts like most of the roster in this rumble. He went in halfway through, and he outlasted literally half the roster in this rumble. There's zero reason why he should still be in yeah, there. Yeah,
1: there wasn't. There was no angle. There was no payoff. There was Nothing. no cool spot. There was no anything. He just got in there hid from people, yep. hung out, and yep. then got unceremoniously eliminated. There yeah. was no... I, I, I don't understand. Maybe I'd have to watch Ra's before and after to understand, but it seemed pretty pointless watching it here.
0: But even watching his elimination, there was no like, build-up. There was no story to it. It was just they beat him up, picked him up, threw him out. There was no build-up. There was no time taken with it. It was just he came in, he hid. Even like when he was hiding from Benoit in his beginning entrant, like there was just nothing to it. And then there was just... Like you said, unceremoniously thrown out. It was why?
1: Well, thank God it's over. Yes, <laughs> not the rumble, but the coach's time <laughs> in the rumble. Flair is, uh, of course, the number the number thirty entrant in mm-hmm. the in the Royal Rumble. There's a spot where uh, Flair and Batista <laughs> eliminate uh, Chris Benoit, Uh and Flair then immediately <laughs> grabs Batista by the back of the head and tries to throw him over the top rope, and it just tickled our fancies. <laughs> Because just the look they exchanged with uh, you know with one another, and it was it was just a beautiful thing, absolutely wonderful moment. For so <laughs> so funny
0: for visual reasons. I just want to explain why this is funny. So when Ric Flair tries to throw him out, he they like as a team throw out one guy, and you know they cheer or whatever. And as Batista is walking away. Ric Flair does like a dummy turn and then grabs Batista by the neck and tries walking forward like he's going to toss him out. Batista <laughs> doesn't move so he's like a wall and Ric Flair just does like a weird spin face bump. It's literally the funniest thing because Ric Flair pops right to his knees and just share a look. It's probably one of the funniest things I've ever watched in a Royal Rumble.
1: Yeah, it was, it was absolutely tremendous. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was great. So let's get down to it. The reason why we're all here, the reason why I chose this really, it's a shame Michael didn't talk about it because he He he, he named it one of his biggest Royal Rumble surprises of all time. But we got Batista and Cena. That's the final two. Uh, Batista goes to Batista Bomb, John Cena. They both end up toppling uh, over backwards and both landing simultaneously. Now, Julian, I think I revealed something to you here. Yep. The the rumor and innuendo, if you will, out there is that that was a botched finish and that Batista was just supposed to win. They, they weren't both supposed to go out. And if that's the case, then everybody involved did excellent. I uh, Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like, I genuinely, watching that, was like, oh, I, I was literally just telling you, like, I don't like double finishes at a Royal Rumble because you go to a Royal Rumble, you're expecting you know a winner and when you do the double finish like i get it's to build a storyline but for the crowd like just the atmosphere it like it sucks the air out because now you see a double finish it's controversial there's no like legitimate winner and you're just like cool i just sat through three four hours of wrestling for that like i genuinely thought it was like a legitimate finish if rumors are correct that blows my mind that that was a, a botched finish, and they all handled it really
1: well. Well, m- mostly everybody handled it really well. Of, c- of course, Vince McMahon comes charging down to the <laughs> ring, starts to run. His thighs hit the ring, and he he gets in the ring and cannot stand because why... Vince McMahon has blown out both of his (laughs) quads, and he has to sit there now and give direction. The
0: part that gets me is him trying to stand up first (laughs) and just dropping. It kills me every time.
1: (laughs) The amazing thing is here's a guy who just blew out both of his quads. (laughs) Yep. And he's probably in agonizing pain, but still, for the sake of the show... Sits there and gives direction. Yeah. So, and I guess what probably kind of tells you that maybe there was a uh, there was a botch finish here was the fact that when they re- do actually restart it, it goes about thirty seconds, and Batista in a not even a you know any, anything great just ends up dumping Cena over the top rope. Batista wins. Yeah. He's going to WrestleMania, and of course we know he ultimately defeats Triple H at WrestleMania, and there you have it, Royal Rumble two thousand and five. It was, uh, you know, what it, it ended in a bang. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think most memorable besides Vince pulling out his quads was really the finishing touches or, or the beginning of the finishing touches on Cena and Batista's yeah. ascension to the top of WWE. For that reason, uh, very cool. You also, you know, Eddie Guerrero's last Royal Rumble, a very star-studded Rumble too, very. between Batista, Cena, Benoit, Guerrero, Edge. Uh, Triple H wasn't in it. Kurt Angle, HBK, uh, all these guys who who could have potentially won that match, nobody would have batted an eye. Yeah. at it. Um, you know, maybe not so much the case. You know, nowadays, but uh, overall, an okay event with some funny, funny moments worth. Uh, going back and and watching yeah and,
0: and i'm just going to touch upon what you just said about like how you watched the rumble and you felt like anyone in that rumble really could have won yeah okay and again i'm not taking credit away from today's product or anything like that it's just there's a different feel between wrestling back then and wrestling today you watch this rumble and i like we had said like the first eight people that came out i said I can see every single one of these people winning the rumble. Whereas, like when I watch now, there might be two to three, and that's nothing to take away from what's going on today. They're all great performers, but it's just something's got to give, something's got to change. And I don't know if it's the talent not getting themselves over, or if it's the booking. I, you know, I'm not back there. I can't tell, but it just has a different feel, and I genuinely miss that about wrestling.
1: Well, yeah, it, even in 2005, still, even though business was. Going down at that point, or maybe in a lull at that point, I talked about I would went to a house show at the Worcester Centrum in those days, mm-hmm. and it was in the ballroom at the Worcester Centrum, not even in the arena part, yeah. maybe 500 to 700 people there, main event was Undertaker versus, uh, versus Heidenreich, so definitely a downtime in WWE's business, but still a pretty loaded roster when you look at it uh, top to bottom. Yeah. So I just want to mention a couple of our our friends of the shows here. Of course, we mentioned Mike Mills. He Mm -hmm. hosts Booking the Territory. So give them a follow. uh, Give them a listen. Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, uh, one of my personal favorites, drops every Monday. Must listen for me. Greetings from Allentown. uh, uh, It's a one-man podcast where he reviews one show a week. Has lots of uh, little drop-ins. Very entertaining stuff. Uh, The Rundown Wrestling Podcast... Uh, and of course support all the shows on the new age insiders network i'm sure i did not do that justice like mike crockett normally does uh but my voice is uh is going here buddy so uh it's time for our promo about nothing i cannot wait for this <laughs> but before we get into that let's talk about our sponsor all right people ask me what do you mean bda radio.com what does the bda stand for Uh, Brian dominates Atlanta. Oh, all right. That's right, Julian Starr. I'm heading to Atlanta, Georgia, in just a couple short weeks. And of course, I will be dominating with my tag team partner, the Beer City Bruiser. Okay. But that's not what BDA Radio stands for. BDA Radio stands for the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDAradio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. How about that? Was it, that alright? That, that sounds all right? good. That Did sounds I do good. okay? Is think, Mike Crockett going to be? I think you should
0: take Mike Crockett's spot. <laughs> I, I, you should start reading advertisement. <laughs> Michael Crockett, you're good. You're just not Brian Malone's.
1: All right. Well, you know Brian Malonis is a very special character, as you've seen here today. Yes, I did just refer to myself in the uh, in the third person.
0: FYI, some of the greats have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we are on to the promo about nothing here. This is with a guy who I think it was it was a guy he was very big in ECW. Mm-hmm. Before that, he he was pretty big in WCW. Okay. And for some reason, even though he had a marketable name. WWE decided to change it and make him Flash Funk.
0: oh okay.
1: But he's known best as Too Cold Scorpio. And here's a promo from him, not from ECW, not from WCW, not from WWE. Okay. But from Independent Promotion Two CW. Oh, all right. Let's give it a listen here on the promo about nothing.
2: Damn, boy. ooh I flew my ass all the way down here from Germany, y'all. Man, my condition ain't so good, man. That 420 got my ass, boy, got my ass bad. I came down here, boy. All the way down here at that, 2CW. That, that, that I'm telling you, boy, Slick. that boy, he ain't no joke, man. I came through here, man, I gonna have me one of them Rudy Poot young boys up and coming wanna be superstars. Man, what I little did I know? They throw me in the ring with one of the top young independent wrestlers out there, Mr. Slick. You gave me a run for my money tonight, baby. You made me work for it. Nevertheless, I got the one, the two, the three. It wasn't easy, but I tell you what, anytime you want some or you want some more, the last thing you want to get stung by is Scorpio. Y'all know what I'm saying out there in TV land. If y'all want the best, you got to tune in to the best. That's the T-C-W. Oh, the great superstars officially come. Whether you like it or you like it, we'll see you again. Ha! I'm out.
1: Julian, what what sound does a Scorpio make? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they hiss. Yeah, he, he, he At the end there, also I think forgot the promotion that uh, that he was working for I as well. He, he called it TCW, and well, it's two CW. Yeah,
0: but two starts with a T, so I think he was just trying to be clever.
1: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, and and then also uh, he flew his ass all the way all the way down there. He did. And his conditioning's not so good. We did learn that. He's gonna work but pretty good. He's the champ. Yes. He, he is. has a championship belt. I don't know if he was the two CW champion, but in spite of his uh conditioning not uh, not being its best, he he is you know, he is the, the champ there. He and got
0: through it. He got through the you know what? Uh to I know it was a, like I don't know what the hell he was saying, but he has like natural charisma. I mean, he sounds
1: Good. He, I I will say this: too cold Scorpio, known for high flying, known for some innovative offense, yeah. not known for his promos. Well, uh,
0: I mean, that was that was pretty good. <laughs> no, no, that was. Uh, I don't. Did he talk about slick? Like I thought he said slick Wagner Brown.
1: He could have been talking about Slick Wagner-Brown because Slick Wagner-Brown was in 2CW. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he said something like that. And he he said, did mention Slick, and that, that may be who he's talking about. He yeah. may be talking about Slick Wagner-Brown. Of course, Slick Wagner-Brown is a guy who's been around the New England scene for a long time. Yep. Well-renowned, um, You know, uh, has, has had different tryouts and whatnot with WWE over the years. Uh, excellent, excellent professional wrestler uh, great you know, human from being. the area. Yeah, Slick, Slick's being. a great dude. I really like Slick. But uh, you've heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link in the video description in this episode or at the WPAN.com. Boy, let's see if I I can do this one. Okay. He doesn't have it written down here. Oh, boy. I am (laughs) hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, applying my trade as a professional wrestler, and Julian Starr... Do ya? Do I ya? got dates. Do ya? I got dates. All right. <laughs> you might have dates too. Probably. Probably one of the ones I'm about to plug here. I
0: uh, I do have dates. Uh, they're going to be all same dates that you played. <laughs> same <for> dates. <laughs> that company, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, indeed. So this Friday night, we're both going to be in Lowell, Massachusetts. Damn right. For Chaotic Wrestling. It's been announced I will be challenging for the Chaotic Wrestling New England Championship, something I've held twice. Okay. I'll be challenging champion Josh Briggs for that illustrious championship. Oh, Mr. Briggles. So go to chaoticwrestling.com for full ticket and card information. Then next saturday night as i mentioned i'll be heading to atlanta georgia center stage the historic center stage where they used to film wcw television uh not sure what i'll be doing yet but i will be there as part of ring of honors international tv taping i'm sure i will be teaming with the beer city bruiser and probably helping silas young somewhere along the way there bro i know what you're doing there What's you're gonna be tearing the house down <laughs> tearing it down or burning it down uh, whichever one you prefer <laughs> the weekend after that on the 17th i'm gonna be heading to bethany connecticut for northeast wrestling find northeast wrestling on social media and 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 uh, for ticket and card information February the 23rd, Chaotic Wrestling returns to Woburn. Woo-burn. You'll also be there Julian. Don't let that stop you from going to chaoticwrestling.com and <laughs> buying and buying your tickets. Uh and then Sunday the 25th of February, I'll be heading to Worcester, Massachusetts for Beyond Wrestling and that wraps up uh my February. But of course, the big one uh this Friday night, me Josh Briggs, you'll be there on commentary. Absolutely. Uh so yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. That'll be a good. T- that'll be a good <laughs> night.
0: The card's looking good. That night's gonna be fun. It's gonna be action packed. You guys definitely want to come out and watch that.
1: Yeah. So if you, if you want to book me or Julian for commentary, yeah. not not me for commentary. I want to wrestle. <laughs> but if you want to book me, uh, you can email me at Brian Malonis at Comcast net or hit me up on Twitter at Brian Malonis. Slide into those DMs <laughs> and uh, find Julian Star on social media if you want to book him to come sit at the commentary table and make jokes. I don't know how you're gonna find me because I don't know what any of my handles are. <laughs> <laughs> i well,
0: believe it's julian underscore star uh, 89 well, on twitter and par for the course here yeah and i think it's julian <laughs> star for facebook i don't know
1: all right well next monday we're right back here i don't know if you'll be back here I i'll be know. back here next monday for episode 94 of the wrestling podcast about nothing till then he's julian star i'm brian malonis big ups to mucko and thanks for nothing